So we do a fixed fee at our practice for those first two visits and then we simply help them understand our core system where they simply pay what they can for the care that they get. You know, so we make it really clear to them that get the care you need and just make sure whatever you exchange works for you and your family. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. Welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations with me, your host, Andy Dixon. Now last episode I recorded my intro while having the flu and not having much voice, and two weeks later I'm down with another one. So um, I'm pumping myself full of uh, drugs and hot drinks to get through. But I'm going to make this brief and get straight into the real action with not one but two incredible humans joining me on the podcast today. Alex and Matt Wilde are married with two beautiful tamariki. They are the founders and directors of Connect Chiropractic here in Ototahi Christchurch, but they do far more than just work their chiropractic magic. They've set up their clinic using a business model that allows anyone who needs their care to be able to afford it, regardless of their financial situation. And that's led to people who usually wouldn't receive care being able to get it, while the business has become a thriving success. They also have a very community-focused practice, and they see how their support of others returns to them in good measure. You may notice that Alex goes a bit quiet on it in the middle of the corridor, uh, and that's because Alex is actually ducked off to attend to their baby, uh, but she comes back in for the later stages of the conversation. And when I spoke to them, they were actually all the way over in Norway, Uh, visiting Alex's family so it was a huge privilege that they found the time to speak to me and I'm sure that you will be glad that they did. This is episode 52 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Alex and Matt Wilde. Kia ora Matt and Alex. It's really great to have you all the way from Norway. Yeah. When I contacted you and said, would you like a, an interview and I can come to where you are, I wasn't really thinking Norway, so that was a bit of a bridge too far, but yeah, really grateful you could um, take the time to, to meet online um, and discuss a bit about what you guys are up to. First of all, like, who are you guys? Where are you from? What makes you you? So yeah, my name is Matt uh, Wild. I grew up in Christchurch. Uh, and went to Christchurch Boys High School, and from there I did sort of some health sciences down in Dunedin, uh, and then from there that led me to uh, the chiropractic college up in, in Auckland. Uh, I guess probably one of the biggest things I sort of did throughout my childhood was I played a lot of soccer, a lot of football. Um, but yeah, it was that sort of education journey from high school to um, health sciences to chiropractic, which obviously led um, me and Alex together and uh, led me down this this whole path I guess yeah yeah um, well obviously I'm from Norway so that's where we are now visiting family um, yeah so Alex um, Schaubheim that's my full name and yeah um, I guess maybe I kind of start the journey from the from the beginning I was a very keen snowboarder and that's kind of what let me led me on the path of um, chiropractic, got very injured, um, but then was also thinking of, yeah, well, chiropractic kind of changed my my life at that point in time, so I decided that, oh, perhaps this is something I could pursue. 
And yeah, it was really um, a mix of trying to find the place I could also snowboard, but also study, which kind of led me to New Zealand because Canada wasn't really an option because Ontario doesn't have a lot of mountains. So yeah, New Zealand it was really kind of a long story short. And yeah, that's kind of where the start the journey started. Because yeah, you had pressed to find anywhere that's more than a few hours from the mountains in New Zealand, don't you? Yeah, and it's you know it's stunning and the culture and um, yeah, I had been there visiting visiting once, so I kind of knew that it wasn't a completely foreign country. I had friends and and that from New Zealand, so it was really a place I wanted to explore more as well. Although. The scary part was that it was so far away and I did really love my life in Norway, but it was it was time to, to make a leap for, I guess, investing into my own future. How was that for your family? Pretty, uh, probably double-edged sort kind of situation. I think they were really proud and really excited and, yeah, wanted wanted me to do it, you know, for myself. But then obviously... Being away for five years was probably a bit, that was a big time frame in their minds that, wow, could could that really happen? So, yeah, there, there was a lot of, you know, we missed each other and continuously do. Obviously, we've been, I've been away from Norway now for 12 years. So <laughs> they really felt on that distance. Well, we both have. Right. So that was, it was 12 years ago that you came to New Zealand? Yeah, 2010 was when I started at AUT in Auckland. Actually, I was I was still up in Auckland at that point. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we moved down to Christchurch in 2013. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was working up at Unitech, so that was like the opposition. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, all good. So you you guys studied together, um, obviously met each other there. What was life like post graduation? Where where did life take you then? Yeah, from there, so me and Alex sort of got together towards the end of our like towards the end of college and then we both um took jobs in brisbane in australia with um uh, someone who we were also studying with his family had uh, a group of practices in in um in queensland and we'd come to know them and they were doing and they'd done a really good job and they'd become very successful and there was a lot of things that we wanted to learn from uh, over there i guess it was a matter of pursuing something that you envision being, I guess, the pinnacle of maybe where you wanted to be as well. So we were really grateful for that opportunity. Which is nice that it wasn't just, oh, now it's time to find a job. No. It was, here's something that I can actually go and learn and, you know, sew into. And Yeah, I think, yeah, you're fine with the, New Zealand College has a very, uh, very good reputation around the world um, and it's become to be, I would arguably the best chiropractic college in the world, which is interesting, right? For for a profession which obviously started in America and, and is and is global, but you know, New Zealand College has a really good reputation. So, um, so in the end, you know, typically we do get headhunted a bit. There's people who like people in general do want New Zealand graduates, and that's obviously something that I didn't know when I when I signed up. It was the it was the College of New Zealand, and you know, that was that was the place I was going to go. Um, but you know, so we're very grateful that that for that education and for the training that we got there, which, um, you know, which led to us being able to get, you know, I guess good jobs and, mm. and form good relationships and meet, meet new people, even throughout college as well. You know, you, you, 
there's a very strong community where you, you get to meet a lot of the chiropractors throughout New Zealand, throughout Australia, throughout the world, through seminars and um, and get-togethers. So so that was cool, and that took us there. And, um, you know, we had – we're very grateful for our experience in Australia because I think it really, like, it led us – it really strongly led us to what we're doing in Christchurch and what we've done in Christchurch. Um because we learned a lot of things that we knew we didn't want to do. Um, I'd say our, the, the way we were practicing in Brisbane was quite different, well, a lot different to how we're practicing in, in Christchurch, but that was obviously for, um, yeah, it was in the end for positive reasons. It was certainly a lot of challenges, but it certainly led to that. And um, Probably the practicing the hands-on has not changed that much. You know, the actual, like, person on the table and you're doing your work hasn't maybe changed, like, Obviously, we got better over the years and refined our skill, but it was probably more everything surrounding what you're doing, like the system that everything was built upon. Like I think we were just really finding who we were as uh, people in terms of how we wanted to do things in a way that aligned with everything that we believed in and how we envisioned the world and how our place in the world would look like, like how we could make an impact and how we could you know, be the best version of ourselves serving serving others. So it was probably, yeah, probably that. So you were there for how long? Um, two, 14 to 15. It was about three years. Um, so there for about three years, we got married um, in Australia, in Byron Bay. We worked, me and Alex both worked in different practices and then we worked in the same practice. So I guess we, again, um, Everything sort of, yeah, all worked out for the better where, you know, we obviously honed our skills in different practices, but then we came together and we got used to working in the same practice together. Um, but there are a lot of things that we that we were finding frustrating about, I guess, systems and how, how it all worked that we knew that if we ever had our own practice, which we obviously always planned to, that we'd do things different. And, and the biggest thing there was definitely around accessibility to chiropractic. And the big one we found was financial. How have you found it working together as a couple? Because I know you talk to some couples about that sort of thing. And like Bex and I work together. And some people are like, oh, I don't know how you do that. Like being in the same thing all the time and you don't have your own thing. And for us, it's been great. You know, what's it been like for you guys? Yeah, totally. You you certainly... You hear that a lot, and people do warn you about all the different things. Same with about you know friends and all sorts of things about getting into business. But I mean, I mean in practice, I guess when we're in like when we're when we were on shift together, if that makes sense, like when we're both seeing people. I mean, you hardly see each other, um, so not so much. And I guess because we're on the same, I guess because we're on the same journey, it was more of that you've got someone that you're sharing the journey with and that you continue to grow with and communicate about things about. So like you've probably sort of said, obviously with you, know, you and your wife, like, you know, you, you're constantly like learning and bouncing off each other and, and aligning. I guess when your values align that, um, you know, you, you're constantly looking to improve things. And, and again, so we took that from, I guess we took that from in, in Australia, it wasn't our business. And there's only so much we can do to change things, right? You know, in the end, we're just, we're, we're the chiropractor and within the business. Whereas, you know, coming then coming to Christchurch and having our own business, you know, it's a full time thing, us being in the business. You know, if we're in if we're on shift and you know, in practice in Christchurch together, again, um, 
I feel like in Christchurch we probably do interact more than we did in, in Australia during shift. But um, but you know outside of outside of work, you know it is still a constant thing. You know you don't stop when you've got your own business. You don't stop and you always. I think that's typically what our evenings always was 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 you know was talking about things things going forward things that we want to do different like when it's your, when it's your passion when it's what you love doing and it's and it and you know your business is your baby like you are constantly thinking about it and i don't see that as a as a negative thing as such yeah yeah i mean we've we've been the same you know that i remember that in the early days um you know we send out orders that that come in and oh, one of the early weekends that went really big for us you know we were up till one in the morning packing orders <laughs> Yeah. And that's just what you do, you know. Um, but we've we've just loved journeying together. Uh, you so you came back to Christchurch and you you started up Connect Chiropractic, and uh, just tell us a bit about like how that came about, and then also you know what was the model because you talked about the finance stuff and how you do things differently. How have you done things differently there? Yeah, so I think that's definitely like it. Um... Uh, I guess there's a few different like points that brought us in the direction. I think for both of us, for Alex and I in, in college, there was, we like heard stories of a few different practices in, uh, in the States more so. It was a guy named Reggie Gold and he's a bit of a legend within the chiropractic sphere, but he ran a practice, which was like a box on the wall practice is what they, what they called it. So I think it was in the seventies or eighties and he, you know, he basically was seeing people. There was no appointments. You'd just rock up to the place. You'd basically get in line or, or get a number, get a ticket. You'd go in, get your care, and then on the way out, there's a box, and you can choose to put as little uh, or as much as you want in that box or nothing. It was just well, purely on a faith, you know, trust-based system. And, you know, from what I understood of the world, that was pretty, like, insane to yeah. me. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't <laughs> like, like, you know, like, that sounds so cool. Yeah. And especially when you, and especially when you hear that it was like successful, you know, like he, you know, he's legend, and it's, you know, he was seeing so many people, he was looking after so many people. Uh, financially, it seemed to always, you know, work out. It, it seemed like it hurt, you know, that's what we sort of understood, and uh, it just sounded just a bit legendary, really, like just amazing. But it never really was a thing like, oh, we wouldn't do that now. Like that was in the seventies or eighties, like you know. So it was sort of like in the back of our thoughts. Um, whereas you know, we continue on and. And, you know, because you're meeting all these chiropractors in practice, what you think chiropractic practices and what your business will run like is like what everyone else's business and, and everything runs like, you know. And so that led us to, you know, Brisbane. And I think the biggest challenge, like I said earlier, was um, was around, yeah, the accessibility. That there were people coming in that wanted care, but because of the financial barrier, they weren't able to get the care that they needed. So it was either they didn't get the care, right? Or, you know, what we recommended and thought what was what we knew what was best for them they couldn't achieve so you know they'd end up doing less than that and then because they don't do the care that they need like it ends up just not being as efficient or as effective um and so those were like the big frustrations and we sort of you know continued to sort of think about what you know like what we would do um and you know there's a whole lot of different you know influences there like you sort of said we think back but then we sort of we did know that people were doing this sort of thing even in Christchurch before we started up there was a practice in um, on the north side of Christchurch that was doing that sort of uh, gift economy type system and uh, and so we, we talked to them and we worked with them a bit and understood that um, and that gave us the certainty that we're like yeah we're going to do this and so we were in Brisbane Alex got pregnant. And 
we decided, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to be with family. So we were either going to be in Norway or we were going to be in New Zealand. We chose New Zealand, got settled there with my parents, baby came, and then at that point we were like, yeah, we want to, I guess like it was around about flexibility and, and what we wanted to do. We wanted to have our own thing, and uh, and that's what led to Connect. Um, and so, yeah, from there... I guess we just we, we sort of put everything together. Uh, we did the brainstorm. We worked it all out. You know, we wanted to make sure it was always going to be financially accessible to people, but we also wanted to we wanted to make contributions to the community as well. Um, and that's uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, but that's where our community program came into things. But um, but when it came to care in general, the first two visits in a chiropractic practice or how our practice works is that. You know, it's a it's an extended period of time. We spend a lot of time uh, both in practice and then out of practice putting sort of reports together. So we do a fixed fee uh, at our practice for those first two visits. And then from there, um, once we sort of understand everything, understand um, the situation that someone's in, we know what's best them going forward. The cool thing about the system is that we re- get to recommend what we know is going to be best for them. Uh, and then we simply say to them, help them understand our core system where they simply pay what they can for the care that they get. So, you know, so we make it really clear to them that just, you know, get the care you need and just make sure whatever you exchange works for you and your family. Um, and some some people can find that a little bit of a, a confronting thing, like, oh, what do I pay? And, and you know, all those sort of things. And even just the whole, you know, oh, they don't want to, you know, skimp out on you or whatever and, but, you know, we make it really clear to them that it always works out. We've got a nice guideline which sort of tries to reflect, you know, what standard chiropractic fees might be, um, where the costs go to, you know, covering rent, covering power, covering, you know, ensuring that the chiropractors, you know, because obviously we've, you know, had a lot of chiropractors in our practice, to make sure that they're, that they're getting, um, you know, that their time is still being valued. But in the end, you know, what we've always trusted from the get-go is that, you know, when you provide a service, when you genuinely, you know, are doing that from your heart and you know you're doing the best thing for people. People never abuse it, but even whatever they end up exchanging is always what they could exchange. Like people don't, you know, don't abuse it and it always works out. And and on a financial you know, point of view, you know, very clearly, because we've set things up like this is that, you know, in the end, what's made us financially sustainable is more and more people finding out about us, loving what we're doing, so then more people get care and the more people that get care, the more financially sustainable the, the practice becomes. Yeah. So, you know, we're sort of solving both of our goals really is that, you know, is that we become more financially sustainable. So for our, you know, for our family and for our business, this is something that we can do for a long time. And then secondly, we're able to look after more people. Like, you know, like we, it solves both the problems. And that's why, you know, that's how we've found that why the business has been so successful and why we've been so happy within it. Yeah, I I understand the whole thing of what you're saying about people paying for some care, but not necessarily all that would be good. Because you know, I I worked for charities for years, and you know, we've learned to live on not much. But whenever I was, whether it was physio or chiropractic or whatever, I was always thinking in the back of my mind, okay, I need this, but also I need to not spend too much money, and yeah. how do I balance that? Um, and so totally. for, you, for you to offer something that, that frees up that wrestling within people, you know, that, that would have just been gold. Like when I was 
going through those sort of things. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, because you think about all the different, you know, because everyone's in so many different situations. You know, you're a student, uh, you're not working, you're you are working, or you got you know um, some big bills that have come in. You know, this is the I think this is the beauty of the system is that you know, for example, like just think about that, like a big bill comes in, right, and it's like for whatever that might be, you know, there's so many things that that could yeah. be. Um, and, the, you know, then what the person has to go, they go, oh, you know what, I just can't do it right now. And it's like, well, you know, and so what we end up doing, like, even if it's they can't contribute, like, anything at all, or it has to be minimal, like, just do it. Like, we don't, like, in the end, we don't care. We know it always works out. And, you know, for example, like, you know, in time, they might, you know, because on their own, you know, they might feel like they want to contribute more later, and they can do it later. But not that we rely on that, but, um, but you know, when you're always making yourself accessible and and focusing on what the real reason of why you're doing it. Like, this is about chiropractic care. This is about people getting the care they need. So don't let, get that, let that bullshit get in the way of people getting the care they need. Uh, and again, and it always works out. And um, and like you sort of said is people, you know, it's so hard for people to, to weigh up and to value what's most important, right? And so like you sort of said, you've got all these different things and then you got to go, oh, I've got to value the chiropractic. But then the person's got to understand that the chiropractic is of that highest of value too. Like we can't expect people to understand the value of chiropractic the way we do, especially if they have only just heard about it or someone's just recommended it to them. Like, you know, it has to be easy. It has to be easy for them. And, and again, I think this is what, what tackles it. And, um, and, you know, when it comes to health, it's like, all right, well, the person, like what, what people can go, all right, I want to really improve my health. So I'm doing exercise, my nutrition, all, the, all these things can really add up. And again, like our opinion of all this is that we just don't want finance to be a barrier of people accessing something that is, you know, quite simply can change their life. I love that you guys are saying that doing this Koha-based system has actually made you more financially viable as well. You know, that this isn't about you guys living in hardship to try and get other people to, to be able to afford it it can't be it, it can't be because it's not sustainable like you know like because because then you end up breaking you know like then you are the one who needs the help and it's like that can't like that can't be the thing like it, it has to still like it still has to be viable and i don't mean like you know you need, need to be making a ton of money just that you like the person who's providing like it's you know our business needs to we need to be able to live the life that we want to be living because again you know that's obviously very important to us so if we can't live the life that we want to be like living, and that's going to affect the care that we give, the amount of time we can um, apply to all these different things, and hundred percent, there's no way like there's no way our business would have like achieved what it has, helped as many people as it has, have been as successful as it has without it. You know, in three years, you know, we went from it was in, in the end because you were still with Sunni um, at home with Sunni, you know, it started with me. And then, you know, in three years, we had five chiropractors, you know, and we were looking after, you know, over 500, 600 people a week, which is pretty, you know, which is, you know, well, well, it is. And again, it's just achieving a goal. And, and it was just like, uh, yeah, we're just so like, we're so grateful that we, that this, that this has all aligned, but we do trust that this happens when you do stick to your guns and stick to your values. Yeah, I think it's kind of when you've thought everything through and the intent is pure like it just cannot go wrong you know people asked us at the beginning of all the time it was the most commonly asked question oh you're not scared of people ripping you off 
And it's like, yeah, well, if I dip my toe into being scared of everything, yeah, maybe I will be scared. But this is coming from that place in myself, which I'm the most comfortable living. So I'm going to do that. You know, this, this is, this is it. You know, I, there's no time to worrying about the other stuff. It will work out. I think, um, like you sort of said, like when you, when you, when you live and, and breathe that idea, like in a, in a scarce world, like in that, in that view of scarcity, things become scarce. You know, like, you know, if you th- start thinking people rip you off, you start acting in that manner and people start ripping you off. Like, like, you know, but if you deal in a place of abundance that you trust that again, you you know, like you sort of said, you're living, you know, you're living the life that you want to live. You're living or true to yourself. Something that's really genuine yeah, to yourself. Because I'm, I'm not saying that this, you know, if ever were to inspire someone else that they had to do exactly the same because perhaps that is not genuinely them. Totally. So they, you know, it's, it was just figuring that out, mm. you know, and then living from that place. Totally. I love the idea too that, um, you know, from what I've noticed from from talking to you guys, from talking to other people in, in business, it just seems that generosity breeds generosity, you know. So mm. by simply by you offering that to people l- almost lessens the chance of being ripped off by it because they appreciate the gift of that and can yeah. then respond in kind. Um, and you're always going to get some people that work systems but you're yeah, going to get that in, in every kind of business, you know, like doesn't, exactly. doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't escape that. And, and in the end, you know, you start, you know, you know, it's moving away from that whole idea that someone needs to get a deal. You know, like if someone gets a deal, that's not an equal exchange. Like, you know, like that, that you know, someone gets, you know, it's like we're trying to fight for who gets the best of the deal. It's like, well, how about, how about we just set up a thing where it's, where people exchange of what they feel, you know, right. And, and again, when we're doing it from our level of what we think is right and they're, and they're being appreciative, like they, cause it, cause when it's face to face as well, it's very hard for people to do that. You know, that's why, for example, that's, you know, part of the reason why in our practice is that, you know, the person who gives the service also receives, you know, I guess the, the exchange, you know, receives the service that we don't have an admin person to receive, take the payment. Cause I think it, it dilutes the connection in the exchange. Um, or you know, if we had payment systems online, or you know, all that sort of things, like it's not the, it's not the thing. Because I think I think the biggest beauty of it is the exchange. Um, because in the exchange, it's not just the transfer of of you know money into an account or whatever. You know, it's it's genuine, like general, like it's generally like gratitude. Because you know, there's some there's a lot of people who have to pay not much at all, or sometimes nothing at all. But the exchange is still there. There's still an exchange of of our energy between each other. Their gratitude. In the end, like, you know, we we are grateful because we get to provide the service to someone who never, ever would have got it. No way. Yeah, and, totally. you know, you know, we've got to, you know, and I think we do think about that quite often. Like, you know, we've got to sit back and think about that because that makes us feel good because, you know, like we have, we've definitely made like, some, you know, some big differences in people's lives who, who had, before haven't really had that uh, opportunity. Yeah. On your social media, I was looking in, and you were saying after three years you'd subsidised eight hundred thousand dollars worth of of care, uh, of chiropractic care, which is like some people look at that and go, well, you could have you could have had all that money, you know? What do you? But actually, like you're saying, well, we probably wouldn't have had all that money because yeah, no way, because actually the business has grown because of this thing. But like you look at that and go, man, if if there's that much money of subsidised care, that means mm. that many people 
we're being helped that might not have been helped otherwise which is just beautiful. And what does that cost to society, you know? Like yeah, what's exactly. the ripple effect of that? Yeah. For someone that's maybe on the benefit that can't even imagine going to a chiropractor because it's, you know, $65 or $55 for an appointment and that's, you know, half of their, uh, you know, living wage. You know, that's what is that, what does that cost, you oh, know? Oh. And now they might be able to apply for a job because mm. they don't have crippling back pain gonna, anymore. I was going to say that's, that's the thing there. Like you go – you know, which even for us to go like, we feel that's pretty mind-boggling that, that we've subsidized that much care. But, you know, but when you actually think, when you actually think about it, but, and that's also the thing as well, is that like, you know, people think about that number, right? And they think of like how much that, how much money that is. And like, you know, that's been so easy. Like, it's just been us doing our thing. You know, it's been, it hasn't been easy. It's like, well, it's been easy, but it's, it's been amazing. It's been fan, like, it's just been so rewarding and, we've loved it and again it's you know it's just it's, it's been a lot of work yeah but in a way that work is for it's purposeful yeah. so therefore it's way easier it's well. way easier is there a whole lot of joy that comes with that of yeah of, yeah. of just seeing the good that's being done for sure like there is and 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 like and i guess you know when you when you do hear that number sort of thing like alex is sort of saying you know that's how much has been subsidized but then again you think about well, yeah what is the ripple effects of those yeah. things and but then you think about all and every di- other different aspect that that can be as well. You know when when you know this has been done or and you get a certain amount of number. But then you go okay. Well then, but what is actually the real uh, benefit of that? You know, like what's the cost to benefit ratio? You know, like what like what really comes from that? Because then there's a big difference between the government giving out eight hundred thousand dollars of um, subsidies to chiropractic care. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's totally. a big difference there. When someone yeah. subs as opposed to then us doing it in this, you know, facet, there's so much more gains that get made. Yeah. Um, as opposed to doing it the other way around, because it's just not the same. It's not the same exchange. Um, and in the end, as we well know, just like with ACC, it just always gets abused. People take take advantage of it. It just it just it's not the it's not the way it needs to be done. It has to be done has to be done people to people. Has to be done privately, because um, that's where you really get that that great. A connection and growth, I, I feel. Yeah. How is it having starting up this thing while having a newborn? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, because I've had three of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's some hard yards times, like on their own. It was yeah. a whirlwind day. Like, well, I think just since two thousand and eighteen has been a, a ride. It's just been a super intense period of our life, which. I'm sure we'll continue to some extent, but then, you know, as you reflect back, it's sort of, well, you wouldn't want to be without it either. You wouldn't have done it any different. Yeah. Because you just, I just have come to this point in within myself that I'm just surround, surrounding, surrounding to the process. I'm trusting that it's, it's all meant to be for this reason, but yeah, it's been, um, yeah, it was definitely tough at well, times. Cause we, you know, cause that was our f- first child. Um, and we basically started the business at the same time, basically. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, we felt because we felt like we needed to, like for our family and for that same reason. And so you know, like you go back and you go, like you know, that was a really intense time. And it was so sort of, I just I, I remember like the challenges of Alex being first time mum, challenging with breastfeeding and just that you know the lack of sleep. And I just remember like you know in the middle of the night, you know when you know we'd we'd be up at three in the morning, I'd be on the computer going through the stuff on like preparing on the business because i'm like well i'm awake i'm here with alex like all right you know like it's sort of a little bit of a surreal sort of thing but um but yeah 
like I said, it was you know there's been many tough times throughout it, but again, when we look at look at it all, you just you wouldn't do any different. But then I don't think it's any uh, unlike any other kind of situation for anyone else in you know in Christchurch or New Zealand. You know, people do these things because either they feel they have to or they want to, or you know, when is the best time to have children? Well, any time or yeah, this totally. very moment. You know, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a a 19-month-old and a three-month-old and chucked in our jobs in Auckland and moved down to Christchurch with no job. So, you know. <laughs> well, there, there, you, there you have it. And, and again, that was it was the best thing for us and our family, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, great. if you'd asked me, is it a good idea to move cities with a three-month-old, I'd say probably not. But <laughs> it, has to, it has to be for the right reason, right? Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. And, and also, I mean, we were moving down – into my parents' house and getting the support that came with that. And, yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, so so it wasn't quite as as hard as it could have been. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, still it was packing up your life. It's yeah, that's decent with a new baby. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the um, the community program that you, you have as well, because like you say, it's not just the subsidy stuff; it's actually giving back to community as well. You know, like a lot of businesses. Yeah, done these same sort of things you know like you used to say that sort of just that contribution that, that regular contribution to things that they um you know believe in uh or they think is important like for us we remember in australia i'm not sure if you know grilled the burger place over in australia it's, no. um, it's like a chain but they just they just did this thing you know you go in and you get a burger and you get a little bottle cap and you chuck it in a jar um to support a local program and, and they're sort of everywhere so in all the different places all the different burger joints are in different, you know, suburbs, and typically the the organisations that they're supporting are local. And I was always, we always really admired that. Like we just thought that was such a cool way of um, supporting the community that you're in. Um, and again, it's back to that whole mutual exchange thing again. You know, like a burger place, you're supporting people in your community that you and, and uh, organisations that you think are great, and then those people in the community that that get supported you know you think they're not going to want to have a burger and they're going to want to be you know and they want to be yeah. grateful and like, and again it's that whole exchange thing again and um and you know I, I would argue that i think that was like i think that was one of the greatest things that sort of helped helped us sort of get our feet i think start, starting up was i think it's just a wonderful exchange where you can go to different organizations ones that you genuinely like care about that you think are doing an amazing job you can go to them and you can say, "Hey, I, we love what you're doing. We'd love to support you." You know, how can, how can what a better way to start a relationship? And you know, for, for you know, right? And so, so for us, we donate one percent of our of our revenue, so not profit, just of our over, overall revenue to a to the organisation that that wins in the practice. So it's three jars. Everyone who comes in gets an adjustment; they get to choose. But you know, when we started out, you know, one percent wasn't much money at all you know like and i think that's the i think that's the 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 wonderful thing of a percentage for example that you can work out very easily that that you know you know that the business will be fine you know like it it doesn't become this financial um liability or anything it's just something that basically as you grow the amount that you can contribute gets bigger and bigger and bigger so you know at the start I think more than anything, it was just it was a like it was a thing of intention when we go to these organisations that they were grateful for, you know, because what we ended up contributing, like you know, they were grateful for, but it probably didn't. The money itself didn't change things. It was probably more again that connection 
and the relationship that we actually grew because a lot of those organizations that we you know support initially we've still got really strong relationships with they've been part of the programs again um quite a lot of them have ended up getting chiropractic care um but we've always just supported each other mutually and and just setting that up from the get-go yeah i think just it, it just aligned it aligned with everything we we're trying to do obviously with the, with the chiropractic as well and um i think it was probably an element where we when we were sitting and I guess shaping our business in the beginning is sort of like okay we know what chiropractic can do we know um, the ripple effects that it potentially can have but you know we can't solve problems or fix things on our own so how can we also support others that are doing things that we are either not specialized in doing or maybe even don't have the passion in in you know providing our time and effort into but we love what they're doing because we see that that play, plays a huge part to either society or role in their community so how can we kind of ripple that further into their yard or you know their corner of the of the house so you know it was kind of extending that to make sure that all aspects of how we had shaped this business was thought about and we felt like the community program was was a part of that is you know, to create that sustainable and lasting change um, that benefits everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking even as you were talking about it that like even just having the your clients seeing those organisations, you know, is, is an awareness thing for those organisations, yeah, if nothing else, you know. And- uh, yeah, well, I think I would argue that that's probably, that's the biggest thing really is that, you know, people come in and like you just said, like we look after a lot of people um, and they're, they're presented there. People have to genuinely think about who they're going to contribute. So they actually, you know, they, in their head, they're, 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 they're trying to go like, okay, which one aligns with me? And so they really want to figure out what exactly, and, you know, and then so what we found is it leads to, you know, people finding out about this organization and they end up volunteering. You know, we've got many cases of that. That's cool. People who have found out about the organization just through seeing the jars and they know someone who could benefit from that service that that organization is providing, you know? Yeah, and cool. so it's just, you know, it's just so many different things that come with it. So I think, I think in, in general, it's just the intention, uh, it's the intention in the first place that, that drives, that drives the real change, I feel. And, and still, I mean, financially, again, you've, you've given over $20,000 away to, to support these local groups, which again, you look at that figure and go, that's awesome. And then if you, if you think about the awesomeness of that figure plus all the extra benefits you're talking about, yeah. again, that's some real change being made in the community, which is mm-hmm. so good. And and you sort of go, and you again you go the same sort of thing again. You're like, you know, would we like without that, you know, without all of this, would we have gained as much revenue to then have been able to contribute to the to as much as much to the you know like so it's just again it's just. The more you understand about how much it's just like it has to be that circular uh, cycle of gratitude and and again but it's done genuinely and you just see the benefits of it it's heart-centered intent yeah really which is i mean it's so good that i guess the business models that you typically hear about are really just money driven um you know people not really cared about they're just numbers or figures or, you know, the more we can get in, the more money we make. And actually you hear stories like what you guys are doing and go, that's not even factually correct in, in terms of 
you know, the ability to, to make money is actually even enhanced by having these other models that are, that are driven by good and driven by, you know, caring for people. And, um, so yeah, I just, I love that, that, that it's, again, it's not a, well, let's forego the money and forego the profit for the sake of the good. It's going actually, no, this, this is a win-win, you know, this is, this benefits everybody, which is just so good. If we, because if, if we said something that was too ambitious, like, so we were contributing more or we're doing this or that, um, and it wasn't financially sustainable, how good is that for the community if we go bankrupt and we can't, if we don't have a business? Um, or, again, like I said before, if, if we, you know, if we ourselves are, uh, are suffering in, in different ways, you know, we're working too much or financially it's just, you know, it's tough or we can't, you know, we can't meet this or that. Again, how, how much are we going to be able to contribute? You know, we are going to be able to contribute the most and our business is going to be able to contribute the most when we are thriving. And that's the same thing as, you know, again, when we are able to facilitate someone else to thrive in the community. So it might be because of their needs, their chiropractic needs. You know, it might be their back that's, that, that's affecting their ability to work and affecting the way they interact with their family and then it affects their families. It affects the way that their family interacts with the community. Like, if they're not able to thrive, that comes back around to us. If we are living in a community that isn't thriving, you think that's not going to negatively affect yourself as well? Like, so it's just um, maybe it's selfish after all. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but it's but you know you're going to think about that. Like, it's in the end. Like, we are always trying to provide the best environment for ourselves. That's a very instinctual need, and and in the end, though, like if you actually understand the big picture, we all thrive when everyone else is thriving. You can't be happy. You can't thrive when everyone else is suffering. You hear often the idea of love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that so often people focus on the love your neighbor thing and forget that actually to do that well, you've got to love yourself. You know, you've got to be looking after yourself, caring for yourself okay. in order to be able to do that, loving other people. So um, mm -hmm. to, to see you guys running a sustainable model of business where there's so much good being done, but actually it's also good for you. It, like it just brings me so much joy to see, to see that sort of thing happening. Um, you've also been involved in other initiatives, um, not just the chiropractic stuff. You've, uh, you had a yoga studio going there for a while. Um, and you've also got behind other, um, other people and what they're doing, like the, um, to our Ako um, thing, yeah, that I, yeah. you know, th there's some stuff that you guys have been like. Part of me just feels like, do you guys just have this desperate need to find other ways to do good in the world? <laughs> you know, um, is there I something in almost, you that's just driving that, or yeah? Well, I think it's almost like um, it's an element of creativity. You know, an artist at work have something to express. You know, it's they they have this vision, or they and they need to do it and they sketch it down and write it down, or map out this picture but perhaps for us it's more like seeing an opportunity of you know if these people are thriving in this way or shape form you know and we can I guess share with them how we've done things and they can shape it to mm. how it feels right for them in their situation and what you know what they are good at you know like that is just I don't I think it's just so rewarding like it's perhaps it is a, an internal thing for ourselves. Like it just feels good. It's like you've been for a run and you feel like on top of the world, you know, it's for you as well as, you know, you, you're doing your bit to, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's rewarding. It I, really is. I think um, like what you said earlier about um, you know, even when it came back to that the community program and the donating the one percent thing is that you know there were you know there's all these different facets of health that you know that are required to to really thrive, and so you know when we see when we think about the success of our system. And then we try to correlate it and we try to think about how that could be applied to other, you know, parts of health or business or anything like that. And so, you know, when, you know, so obviously the two are, um, you know, they'll become very, like, very great friends of ours. And, you know, they were in this, uh, they were in a situation where, where what they, you know, they had this idea of what they wanted and how they wanted to teach kids, but that wasn't working within the system that they were working in. And then so, you know, so then we go, so what are the what are the opportunities? So then we start, you know, so then they start to think about the way they want to teach and how that could become sustainable for them and their family and for the people they look after. So then so then they start running the same sort of, you know, they start to run a core based sort of thing. Yeah, which can be if you if you do it properly and you set it up in in, in a way that it's obviously heart centered, um, but again, it still has to be sustainable. Um, but now you're tackling the education part of things where there's kids who don't like, who just shouldn't be sitting in a classroom, right? They like, they love and they need to be learning in nature because they themselves are teachers and they would see this with kids all the time that it would lead to a whole lot of disastrous consequences when, but when you get these kids outside, change their life. They're different people. And uh, so that obviously like with that and the same thing with the yoga, we just, you know, just see the same thing is that like uh, it's an accessibility thing. And if we could make yoga more accessible through this, through this sort of system, and that's what we found. We found. I guess it, there was one one way for us to be like, okay, we we need we want we recommend people to move, and know, to do yoga really. Yeah, to do yoga, you know, or some kind of movement um, aspect like that, twenty th- times a day. You know, you get a bit tired of repeating yourself in a way. <laughs> and we were like, <laughs> obviously, it's a part of the job, I guess. But you are encouraging people to move, and then then people are like, yeah, but I can't afford to go to the gym or it's too difficult and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, okay, why is no one else doing this? You know, why is it seems like the most simple thing, you know, that you can um, serve yoga teachers who are fantastic at what they do, um, but then also can be, it can be a sustainable thing for them. They can be rewarded for exactly the hard work they do and the amazing um, skill that they have. But then, allowing people that only thought of yoga as something rich people in Instagram well, yeah. does. Well, yeah, they have, the, they have the membership yeah, totally. and they, and they sign know? up for a year and they, you know, like. But, you know, just learning to breathe properly. That's, you know, a skill that could save your life. You know, and it just seems so simple. Uh, and hence why I guess we set it up. It doesn't need to be complicated. It didn't need to be fancy. It just needed to be, again, yeah, something that felt right to us. What would you guys say to to anyone who's looking to start a business and wondering about this koha model? Again, it has to like it has to feel right. You know, this is something that you know that you want to, that you really want to do, um, and that again, it does have to be thought out, yeah. and you do have to work out that that you know. Uh, you, I guess you sort of got to run the numbers a little bit too, you know. And 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 what we definitely have found, and through practice as well, because obviously we've, we've done these in different things, when it's service based, right? Because obviously aligns with Koha, right? Because it's that direct exchange. When it's service based, I think it aligns and works 
well with Koha systems fantastically. And I think you'll, you know, I think you'll get that everywhere. And again, but then when it comes to the Koha system, I think guidelines are important. I think people understanding all those things are important. Um, I think it will get a lot. It will get super tricky when when you're now dealing with margins and you're dealing with you know products and um, that's something that we haven't like looked into. It's something that we haven't sort of. No, we haven't really. No, and, 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 to and dip our no, into we, that. no, and it just hasn't. You know, there's nothing that's really like drawn ourselves to that. Mind you, like we've thought about you know we've we've thought about um, you know like like a health food store or you know, of produce and meat and all those sort of things like that. But in the end, you know, I think when it comes to margin, it's a different thing. I think I think most likely with, amongst those sort of situations, it's it's what you end up doing with your contribution and how you connect with your community. I think that's the way you create what, those situations. Yeah, or other aspects of your business. Yeah. Totally. You know, that, yeah. So there are different ways to do generosity yeah. and goodness. Yeah, and it's 100%. about finding, finding the right one that fits for whatever it is that you're looking at doing. Totally. That's right. Cool. Um, how can people find you, follow you, support you? We are on probably all the social media channels, I guess. We, yeah. Yeah, it connects on on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're obviously just in Ferrymead. We're currently over in Norway, and we're going to be over here for a wee bit. So we've got um, we've got our three chiropractors working there at the moment. We've got Koya, uh, our our legend, uh, <laughs> seven foot basketballer, roaming around the place looking after things. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that's Sorry. that's a that's the main way you can get just the kid falling out of the cot, you know. Yeah, that's, there's always other things straight away. We're like, oh, yeah. do we run? Yeah, yeah, okay. cool. Um, and I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes as well, so people can find you guys easily. Legend. But yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, thank you for sharing your story, um, your heart for people and business. And um, yeah, thank you for what you're doing to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Nice chatting. Hello, hello heaven. Will I hear you whisper to come near? What a wonderful couple with great hearts and a really holistic view on life. It was so great to hear about how their desire to see others thrive is actually helping them to thrive, both as people and as a business. Their choice to break the wall of financial inaccessibility hasn't been something that has come at the expense of their own flourishing or that of their family, but has in fact supported it. So good. Alex and Matt, thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Here is a blessing for you. May you never stop feeling the joy of seeing other people come alive. And may you constantly be reminded what a gift you are providing to the world, one person at a time. May the community continue to strengthen around you as you create new relationships and forge new partnerships, connecting with individuals and businesses in a mutually empowering way. And may the relationships you have already forged continue to bless you and your practice and continue to provide a platform for all the good you do in the world. May your practices inspire others to assess their own plans, motivations and ways of being and may new stories emerge of businesses that are making a difference in the world through a different, beautiful business model that sees everyone thriving because people have been inspired by you. May your relationship with one another and with your children continue to thrive as you live this balanced life of generous connectedness. 
And as your children grow, may they know this life of generosity, wholeness, community and belonging as a normal part of what it's like to live in the world, as they see the life that's presented them through the way that you live. And lastly, Alex and Matt, may you know you are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia. Join me next time when, all the way from the USA, I talk to author, former philosophy professor, and current podcast host, Jared Bias. Along with his former professor and good friend, Peter Enns, Jared founded and hosts the Bible for Normal People podcast, which has over a million downloads and which helps thousands of people around the world to safely ask questions and navigate doubts about their beliefs and the Bible that many are not provided safe spaces to talk about in their own churches. We talk about his own journey of shifting beliefs while he was pastoring in a large church, how the podcast came about and the heart behind it, and we discuss his books, Love Matters More, and the recently released Jonah for Everyone. We also discuss Jared's Choctaw Nation heritage and how this has had an impact on his faith journey and how he sees himself. All this and so much more. Until then, me inoi tātou. E tō mātau matua i te rangi Kia tapu tō ingoa Kia tau mai tō rangatiratanga Kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Hummai kia mātau ai nei He taroma mātau mō tēnei rā Muro mātou hara, me mātou hoki e muru nei i o te hunga, e hara ana kia mātou. Aua hoki mātou e kawea, kia whakawaia, e ngari whakorangia mātou i te kino.